Co-hosts, and with me as usual uh, is my other co-host Eric Sayor. Hello, and uh, we are here discussing Netflix movies. I'm gonna go real in depth because uh, the last episode we put out was about streaming services versus the rest of the film industry in general, and it got real philosophical there. So uh, we're gonna get real real deep into it and talk about some actual movies uh and uh it should be fun hopefully we, we tried to pick uh i think the the uh, very diverse the, the very diverse movies that netflix has done and all mm-hmm. pretty good movies at the very least good yes yeah that is yeah and probably the movies that have gotten the most attention i would say um at least two of them they're definitely the ones that have gotten the most outreach and yeah. had have uh, had a uh, stories set about them. They've been talked about definitely. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and we're starting with probably the first major Netflix release. It, it, it's the their first original film. Yes, yes, definitely, or first one that anybody really like put their time into at least uh, that Netflix really tried to get in front of people um and it's the one that it was uh, related to the first year of the oscars so white controversy uh so it's definitely immortalized in that conversation um if you go back to 2015 wow <laughs> uh, wow feels so long ago because uh, time is getting it, shorter it, it's weird because it feels long ago, but when you think 2015 to 2018, it's not that far. Yeah, yeah, it's really not, but it it uh, it certainly does feel like it. Um, but yeah, this is a piece of the, nation. Um, directed it's... by uh, Kari Fukunaga yep. of uh, True Detective season one fame. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, directed all eight episodes uh, and. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about him and True Detective if we review True Detective sometime down the line, which we probably will. So, yeah, yes. we'll, get, we'll get more into that and his uh, involvement with that. But, um, yeah, this is this is his first uh, follow-up film um, to doing that. Um, uh, the biggest star of note is Idris Elba. Uh, it's a lot of faces that you may not recognize. Um, although the lead, uh, Ata, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming, but that's after the fact. So, yeah. Uh, but it's a, it is a story about child soldiers in, I believe it was Nigeria. Yeah, Nigeria during the Civil War. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a very hard movie to watch. It's, yes, it, it's uh, it's hard to even talk about it without like it's 
Yeah. It's just like war. Mm-hmm. Like, which. Let's yeah. okay. say at the beginning, I think uh, it starts uh, in a village in Nigeria mm-hmm. uh, centered around. Um, uh, Agu is the name of the character, him and his yes. family living uh, pretty happily. I love the beginning of the film when mm-hmm. they have a. a with the front of a TV without a screen, and yeah. they're just uh, going around trying to sell it and acting through the whole of the TV just to make a, a, a few, uh, a bit of money. And it's such a sweet scene, such a, it's a really great. Yeah, it's uh, the, the first 20, 30 ish opening minutes are really sweet and and they really they do a lot to give you a sense of where you are and it feels like its own distinct place and it's it's yeah it's it's a very good setting of where things are and giving you a sense of where you are in the world um and who the people are and yeah it's just a it's a lot of table setting but it's very well done table setting um and you get the sense that the people there are happy um, that they're living their lives um, in a <laughs> in just a very casual way, um, and it sort and of it, it flips it was the just people at say, some point. Yeah, it, no, it, it, I was going to say it's great at giving uh, really fast uh, giving character traits to the whole family, mm-hmm. like. You you get immediately an understanding of him, his brother, his mother, his father. They feel like mm-hmm. full characters in only a short amount of time. And then the war starts, and his family gets split up. His mother and his younger sister, I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, are uh, managed to get evacuated to the capital. And him, he's he can't make it on that car so he has to stay with his brother and his father that are there to defend the village mm-hmm. uh try to protect what's there yeah and as soon as war gets to the city they they both die and he's left alone yes yeah and it's and it, it it's interesting because this this movie it's it's kind of episodic and if the first episode has an ending point, it's when that woman who they call a witch sort of gives their father away or, you know, kind of leads the army to believe that they're spies um, because she is set up earlier on as this woman who believes that she's been cheated. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, we've talked about it many times how, you know, it's, it's, very strong setup early on with this woman and it's paid off very well and it's dramatically it's very sad but it's very effective at the same time yes uh and it's just a it's a very heartening scene and that would be the end of episode one if this was a like a half hour series or something um but it, yeah, it's just very effective and it it leads into the rest of the movie and that's where you you can almost call it a prologue, um, sort of Agu's yeah. story where he comes from, and then the rest of it is kind of its own thing and just how his life and his story evolves as it goes on. Yeah, 
it's it's so effective i think of just the 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 uh, it's hard to do a dramatic scene early in the movie like make a, a death feel poignant mm -hmm. but when his brother dies when his brother is shut down and he just keeps running yeah it, it's it's such a such a such a hard scene to watch it's so, so it's already very sad you feel for mm -hmm. the character because you liked him as well like yeah. he he's he's like the cool older brother that's trying to uh, beef up to have sex yeah. with the girl he likes like he's immediately likable yeah he's he's a goofy he's a goofy guy he's real fun um he seems like a very good older brother um and yeah he's he dies, and Agu just, he has, like, not even ten seconds to, like, look at him before he has to run away into the bush. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, and then his story is, it's very interesting from there on, and it's, and it's you know, for a little bit there, it's sort of just him surviving and trying to figure out how to live in the woods on his own. Um, and then he gets sort of mixed up in... Uh, I believe they're the uh, PLF forces, if I'm remembering correctly, um, as they're being chased by the NDF, and that's when he comes across Idris Elba and his forces, and uh, uh, Stryka as well. Yeah, the he they they run into the NDF, the, the which is uh, a platoon. I call it a platoon, but it's not maybe not the right word. Uh, of a bunch of like uh, child and adult soldiers, all men mm -hmm. being led by Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba, which is in those scenes having a great time, I yep. think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He he. The commandant is a very interesting character and he's so he he gets to play a charismatic dictator type figure but yeah. in his own little island um and th this movie has a lot of apocalypse now vibes for me yeah and he yeah, he has a very brando like vibe to him in this movie yeah you can see that's like a direct inspiration in his performance and he he's having fun and he's fun to watch yeah. most of the time like especially when he's talking to the to the troops to to yes. the whole platoon he gives speeches that make you almost feel like they're the good guys doing the good thing yes yes that is that is i do think that's part of the brilliance of this movie is there are moments where the music swells and for a second you think that you're following just the absolute good guys but then it's always followed up by moments of like, oh, wow, nobody is good in this conflict. Nobody is the good guy here. This is all pretty bad. <laughs> the good yeah, guys are like, the people like, who are just trying to survive. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I, I, I'm not familiar enough, I'd say, about the, the, the this conflict in Nigeria to say if yeah. there were good or bad guys. It feels like you're, you're watching bad guys and playing child soldiers, but mm -hmm. and it, it, at the same time, like it's hard to tell without uh, 
giving the whole thing uh, yeah. knowing the whole political co uh, context that yeah. both of us I think are very much not familiar with right yeah we, we can only just go by what the movie tells us yeah. and, and and there are things that you that you learn about the commandant which um, make him not seem like the best guy yeah um, but the, like, I want to talk about that scene the scene where he uh, uh, you don't see anything but right. he he rapes agu yes and i feel like that scene was completely unnecessary for me it felt like yeah yeah it's it feels like you just really want to show that he's a bad guy so you use you you, you put him as a pedophile but he's already a bad guy you know it like yeah. he, he's not morally sound he he's and he devolves as the film goes on, and that mm -hmm. scene felt for me uh, completely unnecessary. It, it does, it, you know. You don't need that scene, and you really, I mean, you could have stopped at the setup uh, to that because there is yeah. a scene previously where yeah. I think it's Stryka that goes into his tent or yeah. whatever, um, and it's played very omin ominously in just the framing. So you're like. Yeah what's going on there um you kind of tilt your head and i don't know if we needed the follow-up to that um I, I really don't think we did i do think we got the idea that he was a bad guy i think mm. unless it's really just about accuracy and my understanding is that this movie is fairly accurate but uh i think it was it felt more like necessary to like yeah. Agu's understanding of uh, the Commandante. Um, and, but I think it would have been more effective to mm -hmm. have him realize without having the scene when he's... Yeah. Uh, like, he looks the worst. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, also, like... So the scene... There's another scene that I think does almost more to make the Commandant seem worse. Um... Uh, and there, there are a couple of scenes that you can say that about, but the, and it's not even a scene that has the commandant in it, which is the scene where he sees the woman and the young girl hiding in a closet, and he thinks it's his mother for a second, um, and then the woman is uh, raped, uh, and Agu spares her um, because he just can't, he can't deal with it. Uh, he, it's just yeah, he can't handle yeah. that. Um, but that says more about the commandant than anything, because that's his men, and they're following his example. They're well, they're boys still, and they're following the example of an older alpha male, um, to say the least. And it's just this is these these boys are a reflection of their influences, and he is their influence. Um, and it's that's what you need. You need scenes like that. Or the scene in the brothel. Um, yeah, when the... he he hires, uh, well, he has a, a prostitute to murder. Yes, yeah, and then he kills the entire brothel uh, as a way to cover it up. Um, you know, those scenes they say more, um, and they also show you just the wide scope yeah. of yeah, everything. No, I, that he's yeah, done. yeah. Like the ending for me, the the, the scene of because uh, this happens and then they're 
they're considered like uh, both the NDF wants to to find come they become traitors to the NDF. Yeah. yeah. They and, they break away. Um uh, yeah. And they they get uh kind of they end up in the middle of nowhere uh without any bullets left and uh everyone is done and wants to leave and just surrender themselves to the army. Mm-hmm. And the scene where uh the commandante is so sure that Agu will stay with him and he leaves, I think would have been uh, way better, like way more effective if you hadn't had that scene before. Yeah. Yeah, that scene would... Because Agu leaving in that scene uh, with the previous scene, he's leaving because he knows what's going to happen if he stays <laughs> uh, to some degree. That's part of it. And he just, he just knows how... the the commandant is not necessarily he's not he's not honest in what he's saying and he's he realizes that he's bad but partially because of personal reasons whereas with without that scene it's more it's more of a realization uh more of a him just coming to just like everything crystallizing for him that he needs to get away and that this is not good for him um yeah it's it, just a couple of scenes I really want to talk about before we talk about the ending, because the ending is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the scene where uh, uh, it's it's when uh, the, they are actually like being kids, him and Agu and Strika, and they're playing like a version of Marco Polo, yeah. while the other guys are hunting, and then they have a huge party. And th- those small scenes, those when you remind yourself that you're watching kids yeah. that are still kids that are still want to play that it they make the whole thing feel so much worse and more effective yes yes that scenes like that are they they ground you in what's going on um and really yeah like that that sense of like childhood wonder i guess that scene kind of captures while surrounded by all this just just filth i guess of just like bad you know bad bad things that that people are capable of um and it's yeah just it really it it hits you in ways that you're not going to expect this movie um in by really giving you a sense of humanity um at its best and at its worst um and it's and for that reason it is it's a very important film i think uh for that reason alone and and the ending is great and yes. they, after they surrender themselves to the ndf they end up in like a rehabilitation camp because mm-hmm. they're all just children so they won't be <laughs> right. they're not going to end up in prison or anything they just try to rehabilitate them mm-hmm. and uh, and for a while there they feel they almost like a bunch of them just want almost to go back to the war yeah because that's all they know and that's yeah. all they feel they are yeah preacher leaves to go back to the because he says you know we're soldiers that's what we are it's what we do 
um, we aren't meant for this life or something to that effect. Um, and even Agu is for a while is was questioning: Can he go back to be a child that can mm-hmm. play? Like he even d- during previous scenes, he's questioning: Can he can he go back to that life? Mm-hmm. Or after having seen war, and there's this great scene when he's talking with a, a psychologist, probably or yeah, psych- yeah, it, not, not like social worker maybe yeah like a counselor basically yeah, counselor like a... counselor resort yeah and he he's finally honest a bit with her and opens up and honest with himself mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's a it's a great scene and you know i love that he says i don't want you to think that i'm a beast because i am or you know something to that effect um and that that's just a really that's just a very well written line, you know. Um, I don't want you to think I am this, but I at the same time know that I am just you know, I am this thing that my stories t- would depict me to be. Um, and I don't want to be that to you. Um, and that so yeah, that's a very well done scene. Um, and it ends with a great, great shot of him just running towards the water mm-hmm. to play with the boys in a scene that's very um, reminiscent of a more recent film of Moonlight. Yep. <laughs> it, it felt like a direct like inspiration for Moonlight, maybe. Yeah, they are. They're very similar in that way, and they they are almost companion pieces um, in a number of ways, and they, they cover very similar ground. Um the, the scene of him finally accepting himself and just like I want to try to be the kid I'm supposed to be and that's just a great great ending and like f- for a while I, I felt like the film was dragging a bit it's very long yes uh, but when you reach that ending it all feels like the the la- the last like 15 20 minutes that take place in the camp make it all worth it for me yeah yeah those those last bits they really do they they work so well that i can i can forgive it for getting a little bit slow at points um but yeah i think it i think it works um overall as a film and i i just thought you know i thought i think the entire ensemble cast is very strong in this movie um so anybody who's like I was wondering if I should watch this. Watch it for that, because it is a very strong cast, and a lot of these actors have been in other things since, um, and for good reason. Um, I know that uh, his second in command, Two uh, IC, um, he was in the Exorcist television series, which is actually really good. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the entire cast is really good, and the writing is just very strong, um, and it's just, it feels very, there's a lot of verisimilitude uh, uh, to it, um, so yeah, very close to reality to me. And it's a, a, super, a super good looking film, like it's so yes. beautiful, so well shot, it's all like, uh, it, it, it you can feel like the the places that mm-hmm. you're in and it kind of reminds me um 
of how uh, Mudbound is shot, which gives like the 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 cinematography giving everything a sense of place. Uh, it's it's shot actually by Fukunaga, like he he uh, wrote, yeah. directed, uh, produced, and shot the film. Yeah, yeah, you which can, is something you, you rarely tell. see. Yeah. You can tell that he's a cinematographer, just in the way that his the way that his shots go on for so long. Um, there's a lot of steady cam and tracking shots, um, and he has such a uh, such an eye for the camera and just. A control over what you're seeing um and it from that if you're just somebody who really loves beautiful cinematography you should definitely watch this because uh, even the way that he shoots nighttime sequences um it's gorgeous um and i i'm a sucker for a good nighttime sequence so yeah all right um I think we've covered this one about as well as we can, uh, without uh, yeah. uh, doing some serious historical research. Uh, so yeah, do we want to move to? Yeah, I am the pretty thing that lives in this house, which is the longest title that of any Netflix movie. I'm pr- I'm sure. The uh, longest title of any movie I've seen, I think. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. The, the Marvel movies do get pretty long when it's like Marvel presents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <or a movie. laughs> and Wait. stuff like that, but it, yeah. it is a long. <laughs> it's a very long title, and I think it's the director being like, "F you, <laughs> watch my movie if you can find it. <laughs> if you can type it all out." <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I just call it Pretty Thing for short. Um, it's uh, directed by Osgood Perkins, who um, I have a complicated relationship with this director. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie when I first saw it, uh, Pretty Thing. I thought it was very interesting, at the least. And then I watched his previous movie, um, The Black Coat's Daughter, which I did not enjoy <laughs> on any level. Um, it's an A24 release, and like any A24 movie I will always say it wasn't for me but you should go watch it so if you're interested in this director off of this movie uh, Pretty Thing, go watch that um, yeah. I haven't seen The Black Coast Daughter but it's on my list like it got really really good reviews yeah for for reasons that I'm not going to debate, I will not debate anybody who, <laughs> who liked this movie in particular uh, it's just but uh, I had problems with it. We can go into that if we ever do an episode on this one, though. So, but yeah, uh, I pretty thing. It's a. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better of a good way to describe this. It's a slow, very atmospheric, not even horror film. I'd almost call it a spooky mystery. <laughs> spooky. Uh, it's 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 a creepy film. Like it's scared. It's very scary, honestly, but not by being like uh, um, not in the same way that like the conjuring is scary, yes. kind of just in a very atmospheric way. Very yeah. like it's so slow. It almost reminds me of like a, uh, it. The scenes of it follows when you yes. don't see it. Like, yeah. When you just know there's something. 
it it has that it does have a very similar vibe to it follows it has that sense of like of just dread uh from from emptiness from nothing um you know and and they're just these these interesting you know uses of the camera and those moments where it sort of goes to this sort of like you know fading figure that is sort of time lapsed or whatever you know however he's achieving that effect um who's not who doesn't even look like a a a living person um those moments are really creepy and unnerving um and this is a movie that relies on its actors a lot um it relies on ruth wilson selling that scene (laughs) and you really (laughs) believing her uh same thing with uh paula prentice who plays miss blum um it really relies on the two of them and you believing the reactions that they are giving in a given scene um and i think uh the one thing that really makes it work for me is how it's shot because it's like the camera really feels like almost a character because Mm -hmm. uh, uh, almost every scene is shot from a fixed fixed point of view like you're Mm -hmm. like it's uh, resident evil or something Uh, like it's it's it just transitions from one a corner of a room to another to outside that room to like yep. always fixed but no not always but most of the time sometimes the time, it does yeah. the it does the only movement it does is the like uh like halloween like uh, 360 yeah yeah there's a uh, lot of slow tracking um yeah but it's like on a fixed point it just turns yeah. and mm-hmm. that's it it does it never like moves which makes the whole thing feel so creepy. Yes, there's never a moment where somebody's running and you're fo- and the camera's following them. Um, that's never that never happens. The camera is very slow and it it what? does feel like a character. It feels like a, another person in the room. Um, yeah, it makes the whole thing like like that's the thing. It feels so like uh, uh, what you're like like you mm-hmm. are the thing that lives in, in the yes. in the walls of the house. Uh, there's a lot of shots also that are um, from outside the room through a door frame and those feel like the most wire shots in the film like uh, she like when she she's just doing stuff in the kitchen and it's filmed from outside the room and you just like you're creeping on her yep. and it's it's so disturbing yeah I mean that the kitchen scene is probably the best it's probably one of the better sequences in the movie and it's just a slow build and the entire time you're like something's gonna happen in this scene that's why we're here and i i just love that you slowly see the phone cord start to lift up and up and up and up and the entire time you're paying attention you're trying to figure out what the weird thing is you know i mean i both times that i watched this i remember rewinding because the chair that was hung up on the wall uh, distracted me because i was like was that chair up on the wall at the beginning of the scene? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure, but I had to go back. But and you're like, what's the weird thing? What's what's going to happen? What is there something that's going to move? But it's the telephone line um, that it, and it gets yanked out of her hand or whatever. Um, and that's when that's when the character starts to get a little bit creeped out beyond just 
basic you know i'm in a very <laughs> i'm in a very old house and it's very atmospheric um it that's when things start to shift for her and you feel like her just general discomfort with being there start to grow um it's the movie goes on uh, and the other thing i i think really helps uh, making you incredibly uncomfortable is the the sound the sound design like it's a lot of like uh, it feels like you're in a house in the middle of nowhere and it's all creaking and it's you hear a lot of like uh, like crickets and just the sound of like being surrounded by nature in a cottage style house mm-hmm. and I think it makes the whole thing feel more real mm-hmm. and I like how it every time it transitions with time like it tells you by uh showing a shot of the house from the outside Mm -hmm. like every time you're seeing outside the house it's a transition to a different moment and then it's like very uh very uh, scenes that take place in a small period of time like a continuous almost period of time always transitioning from looking at it from the outside yeah yeah It's, it's very effective use of setting and place to tell time uh yeah and you're very right on the sound design like it just it it really just it sells things and it set it it works to set things up you know the carpet always having that folded corner is set up by a creaking noise before ruth wilson goes downstairs and things of that nature um the the sort of hole in the wall uh that is revealed later on is set up by the bumping and it's it's just very creepy in it but it it could easily just be a house rattling it could just an old house settling um and anybody who's spent any time in an older house knows that feeling <laughs> and that, yeah. and those weird sounds that show up no it's it's a i think the atmosphere of the movie is what I like the most, but mm-hmm. like the story itself is, yeah. I like how it's told, but I'm just, I, I, it's a short movie and I did get bored watching, watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's, it's not a perfect movie, but it's just, it was very interesting for me. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels like a perfect movie for something like netflix to finance it's very interesting it's not something you'd see everywhere it's not a film uh, i'd ever watch in a theater yes i think it's perfect for home release um it's perfect uh for home release if you have a basement or just a creepy house uh, it's 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 a per- i think it's a perfect home viewing i think this movie would be hurt by seeing it in a theater honestly um i think your your home the uh, at night, no lights on, uh, you will have an interesting experience with this movie, at the least. Um, creepier the better, people. Creepier the better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about the story at all, which is no. like a... Because it's fairly, it's fairly thin. It's, yeah. I mean, if we really want to go into it, um, Ruth Wilson is sort of... Uh, she's the in-home nurse for an older woman... Uh, who was an author, sort of a, a V.C. Andrews, uh, Stephen King. I don't know if V.C. Andrews is a thing in 
Canada or not, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, sort of a a uh, weekly, you know, novelist of you know paperback sort of thing, pulp fiction almost, um, you know, dime store stuff. Um, but she writes like you know, kind of S- spooky stuff you, mysteries. Stuff yeah, stuff your 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 mother aunt that's into a creepy stuff. Just a little bit would read. Yes. Yes, just very, very creepy, but, you know, you, you know the ending. <laughs> you know how the ending is going to go, um, but th- that that kind of stuff. Um, and she used to write that kind of stuff way back, and one of her most popular novels uh, is, may or may not be true. It, it probably is. Uh, but uh, it's, and it's one where the ending is sort of controversial because she didn't actually give a complete ending um and as the mystery unfolds you begin to realize that it is the story of uh this spirit who lives in the house um and yeah it goes from there and there are sort of there are flashbacks and things and as as the spookiness sort of ramps up you learn more and more about um uh, Lucy Boyton, who plays Polly Parsons, uh, and you learn more about her story, um, and uh, it sort of becomes a tragedy at the end, which is a uh, very interesting for a, a genre movie to go for. Um, it, it plays it seriously, also like it's not a fun horror movie. No, uh, no, not at all. It's very, it's always very like dry. Mm-hmm. Even Bob Balaban, who's a more of a comedic person, like he just that's his thing. He shows up in, uh, you know, comedies for the most part. Wes Anderson movies. Um, he is very dry in this movie, and he really doesn't have many jokes. Uh, Ruth Wilson tries to make some jokes, and he just does not react. Yeah. Um, and he's great. He's he he's only in for a couple of scenes, but he adds something to the movie. Um this tone that landlords and property owners seem to have uh and he just feels very of the movie um he's very in place it it's it's like if you like creepy movies yeah watch it if if you're if you're not really into that kind of stuff i i don't think i'd recommend it as an entry point or at, at all maybe yeah now if you we should do an episode about good starter horror movies actually that's something to think of when we get to october uh because we're cliche <laughs> <laughs> on that in that avenue at least uh yeah okay i think okay. this is a i think we're yeah. good on this one but uh yeah Go see that if you like. If you like really creepy stuff, uh, go go watch that one. Uh, Let, let's move on to uh, the biggest Netflix movie in recent in the last year, I'd say. No, yeah. Not the biggest. I'd we're say not the biggest talking cast, about maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not talking about Bright today. <laughs> or... Not today, no. but someday. Uh... <laughs> Who knows. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho's uh, Okja. Yep. A movie with a cast so 
ridiculously yep. like good like so much star power you almost like can't believe it yeah yeah even the even the smaller cast members they're all recognizable for the most yeah. part uh, except for the Australian, who I did not recognize from anything. Uh, blonde, I think. But even Silver, he's been in a bunch of things. You'll see him and be like, oh, that guy. Um, and Giancarlo Esposito, who I would consider one of the, you know, he's a smaller cast member, but he plays a fairly big role, ultimately. Uh, he a great uh, character actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this uh, one playing two roles, which is uh, very Swinton of her, just going I, full I, Swinton. I don't know if you talked about that, but uh, Tilda Swinton is probably my favorite actress working in Hollywood, and I love her in this movie. She's perfect. Yeah, she's great. Like, like, the movie opens, and it's just her giving a presentation, uh, talking about their, uh, their, their just giving her the context for the company and the product and the con- and the big contest yeah and she has this like very girly style like yes she, she she's kawaii she, yeah yeah no like <laughs> she, she's a, a 15 year old that has the accessories of someone that's like 15 yes <laughs> like that's she true. has like she has braces yep She's like, she's, yes, if a, if a 15 year old girl were suddenly put into the body of an executive, (laughs) that's, this is how she would dress. Uh, it's very like, you know, bright colors and she's very energetic and she plays someone who's, who seems to be like a child at heart, it would appear, (laughs) um, because she doesn't have like, I mean, she clearly is very capable, which is something that I, I did appreciate is that she's capable, but she's also maybe a little bit deluded um in her thinking uh you know maybe not the most realistic expectations for for life or how the world works uh but she's like she's great because she's the epitome of like uh nice capitalism like mm-hmm. the, the 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 capitalism that's like uh tries to be friendly and tries to look good like a lot of uh like a lot of uh, modern, like too. silicon, yeah, tech, com- <laughs> tech companies, exactly, and and her sister is like uh, very much like the the ruthless, yes. classic, like old oil drilling capitalism, yeah, and they're both super bad, like <laughs> yes, they're both terrible for their own very particular reasons, uh, but yeah, like it's it, it it's it's a weird movie because it it's both it's definitely a satire yeah um but it's a very it's a dark satire with but i'm I'm trying to think if there's anything else in there that because it goes beyond satire in some part in some point like it's 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 a it's a hard criticism of like yes. of 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 everything about modern capitalism like it's yes it's, and it's very good at that it, and it does so with a like with an adventure film that's super fun to watch with mm-hmm. great tone, super, really funny. It's it's amazing to watch. It's it's yes. an incredible film, I think. Like we're just rewatching it and thinking about how like they build these characters and they build this company and then they completely tear it down and they 
the teardown, like like at the ending when they expose them, but the everyone know like you know it's not gonna change anything. Mm-hmm. Like no one's gonna be moved by that because because the product is cheap and we all we're all gonna buy it, yeah. and it's so good on every level. Yeah, I I, I really like this movie after seeing this. Um, I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna call out one person in this movie <laughs> as not quite fitting, uh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> he he's great. He has like so much. He's like, having fun. I will say like, that. No, I, I don't think I've seen like a more like energetic performance from him. Like he's super funny. He's like when he plays the drunk version of himself. That, uh, that part is good. I like that. That part yes. is incredible. Like he he's a almost believable. Like he's it's it's all ridiculous. They're yes. all like completely made up. But he he makes that character like. Yeah, feel like a person and like a person in this weird like fake world, but a real like a real complete, with like he gives the like uh, you know you you feel his anxiety for mm-hmm. losing his job. You feel like how much he hates what he has become and that he just lives in a facade of what he is like. Yeah, it's he's really great. I think. He, he does a he has a great physical performance, and I think that drunk scene is probably the best thing in the movie. I had a problem with the voice he was doing with the voice he was doing. It was not my favorite, uh, but I mean that's a that's an acting yeah. choice. Like, but and, uh, maybe I didn't like it at the first time, but for me it was a rewatch, so I I'm like I yeah was waiting for it. I think yeah. like uh, he just got announced that he's in talks to play like a, a Spider-Man villain, and I want to see like this character <laughs> opposed Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, now that you say that, I'm very into that. Uh, I would be, yeah, something sort of in between that and Nightcrawler. I I, yeah. I could get into that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I want him to be like both of those extremes. I had no other thing about like uh, Mysterio, which is who he's playing, but uh, I just want like. I think he he's very theatrical. He does, he, so like, I think yeah, he's good. He's good at serious stuff, but in in roles where he can be like a an extreme human being, I'd say he really yeah. he's really great. Yeah, and then Stephen Yoon is great in this. Um, I'm glad that he's getting work after The Walking Dead because thank God he's so good. Uh, I mean, him and Bahal Nano do really good work in this movie together. Um, him and uh, Paul Dano? Yes, Paul Dano, yes. Their scenes yeah, together um, are pretty great, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, I, I I love Paul Dano's performance. He's like... Um, he has so... He's so emotional mm-hmm. in every way. Like, he cares so much. And he has... At the same time, he has so much rage. Yep. And his eyes are filled with emotion. He... The scene when he where he uh, meets um, uh, Mija in, in her hotel room, yeah, and he, he's just like showing the, the paper, and he's just talking to his eyes, and it's so, it's so great. Like he he plays a sweetheart. Actually. Yeah. 
He's he's almost like a Wes Anderson character in some ways. Yeah. Like I love that he just walks out the window. He just he opens up at the window and it's just yeah. Yeah, it's it's so just a really badass moment for the character. Mm-hmm. He's just going down the um, the the stairwell. Yeah. Oh, that's stairwell. The the uh, escape. Yeah, ladders? the fire escape. Yeah, escape ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking for the word for ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he just he takes off his clothes and just walks on the street, and it's like it feels like a, a scene out of a James Bond movie. Yep, it's it's really good, and there's like a lot of other surprises in here. Like Lily Collins, I know from nothing before this, other than like maybe commercials or other things, but she's great, and she's not in the movie that much, but like, but she sells it in every scene that she's in. Like when she's telling Steve and Yoon to turn the volume off, and he can't. And he gets really angry and he just rips the cord out. Uh, yeah. Like that scene felt, again, like that scene felt very real. Like I feel like we've all had that moment where something is playing too loud and we're just like, we can't turn it off. We don't know what's going on. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a really good moment for me. Um, There's just a lot of really good, funny moments. And you I, know, uh, uh, like he... Uh, I'm just, I'm going to screw his name, but... Uh, Bong Joon-ho is really good at doing like mixing comedy yes. in a terrible context. Like if you watch the host, the host has some of like the weirdest, yes. completely absurd scenes that feel totally ridiculous in between monster scenes, mm-hmm. and and it all fits in a weird way. But yeah. this is him like at his best because it's like. Every funny scene is funny and fits. In a way, those absurd scenes in the host feel kind of jarring. Yeah, yeah. There's and like even the casting is so good. Like uh, uh, Tilda Swinton's uh, assistant, who played a uh, moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter movies. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was. <laughs> I didn't know where I knew her from, but that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, um, which is that's just so weird. Uh, but yes, uh, she plays, and also she's wow, she's fifty two. That's crazy. <laughs> she played Moni Myrtle when she was like thirty then. Um, but yeah, she's she's great in the movie, and she has such a weird voice, such a weird like way that she says things that even lines that maybe weren't meant to be funny sounded funny coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Uh, so that was very interesting and her energy with Tilda Swinton is very good um and just all their scenes together and then her trying to convince uh Mia to you know put on the clothes or whatever like she's she has a lot of range as a actress who I've only seen in one other one other series of movies uh I kind of want to look for other movies that she's been in now uh after this and I think um Ansu Hyun as Mija is super good. Like mm-hmm. she, her her relationship with Agja is like the most believable thing in the movie. The, like I love, I love Agja. It's like, yeah, is it, she's so it's so good. It's yeah. like a, a mix between, like acts so much like a dog, like a very very smart dog. Yes, yes. It's it's there's. It's all the 
it's really just like a lot of different cute aspects all rolled into yeah. one. The ears do a lot to make Oksha seem like she. I was very confused by that in parts. Yeah. But yeah, to make her seem like a real animal. Um, and I, I, th- I think I got to give Netflix some credit on the special effects because um, their VFX aren't always great, but there are scenes in this where you can see the texture of Oksha's skin um, and the hair and like the dimples or you know like the indents in the skin um and it really like sells that effect so it makes those scenes with miha really work and her acting also sells the effect as well but the combination just really made it a very strong movie visual effects wise um so gotta give them some credit for that because there are theatrical movies that don't do as well as this one does i thought yeah, I really want to. I really want to see her in more stuff. Uh, and Su Hyun, I don't think she has acted in anything since. Just, but I, I want to. I want her in a, in a, in a Park Ji Sung movie. <laughs> that that that'd be. Uh, Park Chan Wook, I mean. Park Chan. Yeah, that would be. I mean, she'll get there at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> It'll happen. Um, yeah. I think also I think that's my favorite movie of of the director. I think I like it. I liked uh, the host and uh, I like uh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. But this this Akshay is just a really really great film. I think the best the best thing I've seen on Netflix for me like all between all television and all of the films of theirs I've seen or I've tried to get into. That's my favorite. It's certainly... I, I think it might be my favorite movie that they've done. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite movie that they've done. Uh, other than maybe some of the documentary stuff. Because some of it's really, really strong. But um, yeah, like this is... It's a it's a complete movie. It's, it's one part E.T. It's one part, you know, sort of satire. Um, with a little bit... Kind of like a... Uh, what am I thinking of? Um, wow, I'm blanking right now. Um, but a, a little bit of... Um, uh, wow, the name of this is escaping me. I have to look it up. Uh, but it, I, I, yeah. I'll go on and say like it has really good action scenes. Yes, like, it does. Uh, uh, the, the, the chase... In the mall, in the in the yeah. Seoul mall, is incredible. Like them going in between, uh, them just running through uh, through shops and breaking everything because Agja is huge, and then they get caught by like the by like the security of the company, mm-hmm. and then uh, the ALF shows up and just open. In a great scene, they just open umbrellas to stop the darts, and it's just beautiful. Like it yeah. slows down, and it the music changes, and it's so yeah, it's it's almost beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant use of music, and it's yeah. it's a brilliant use of shot composition. And the ALF, uh, and I feel like this is a good way to talk about them. 
they themselves are very um uh, what i was trying to think of is monty python-esque <laughs> in the way that they're composed uh for anybody who's ever seen the life of brian <laughs> There's a there's a joke about the United People's Front of Judea and the Judea People's Front. <laughs> and there's a moment in this movie that reminded me a lot of that, where they're like, why don't you go start your own ALF if you don't want to get approval of me? <laughs> go do that, because uh, if you're going to be part of our ALF, you're going to do this, this way. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an effective satire of so many aspects I realize, and it's not just satire of corporations, but it's satire of the people who are against corporations as well in some parts, uh, which I thought was a very interesting way to depict these things. Um, but yeah, that yeah, just everything about this movie is effective. Uh, again, like the, the chase sequence when they're trying to get away, it reminded me a lot of Shape of Water, um, like a lot as they're sort of getting into that truck. And as she starts to pat Ocha on the butt, <laughs> which was just, okay, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> but uh, it, it was effective, it was, and it was funny. It, 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 all, it was all worth it when it got to the point where he pulls out his phone and he calls his wife. <laughs> and he asks what kind of body wash we have. Oh my god, I, I just remembered the bus, the, the truck driver. The actual best character in the whole film. Oh, is yes. The, the, the truck driver that doesn't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm not going to be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not paid for this. That's not part of my job. Just... <laughs> and he gives up. It's so good. And then so he much. gives an interview on TV and he's like, the company is fucked. <laughs> It's really good. He, he's so good. He's. I want that character's movie. I want a movie yeah. all about him, because that's that's just such a strong, interesting character. Um, yeah. Or I just want this guy. In, I want this guy to be like Stanley and just be in the scene <laughs> of every. <laughs> yes, he just shows up in random movies. I would love that. He shows up in uh, the next uh, Park Chan Wook movie. Yeah, exactly. And he's like another guy that just doesn't care. <laughs> he, there's a weird sex subplot and a, you know, a weird, a weird double cross going on, and he's like, "I'm not affected by it. I don't care. I'll tell everybody what's going on." God, so good, so good. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I need, or at least like a YouTube show about that character because he's so, he's so good. Uh, yeah. This is a good film. We 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 obviously enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I, I drew. I'm gonna rewatch it for sure. Like it's one of those. Like it's one of, I think. In a, like I said, I like this director, but that's my favorite of his, and that's like one of my mm-hmm. maybe all time. Like I'd put it in if I had to do a top 100, maybe it's probably in there. <laughs> it's it's a it's a strong, it's a strong movie. Um, I. After rewatching or after watching it, I'm surprised it didn't get more attention last year in the awards stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely like a, a. I don't think Netflix was gonna push this as much as it did like Mudbound, which is the classic, the right. more Hollywoodian classic. This is, I think, this is too much of an adventure film for award season. 
Yeah, it, it it is, but I think it could have it could have done something. And yeah. I, I do think Netflix doesn't know they don't know how to do that yet. They're not sure how to work these things and you know and where to put things and how much to invest in each movie and so on and so forth. Um so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it like it, it was part of Cannes last year and it didn't win it didn't win anything, I think in part at least because it's a netflix film mm-hmm. yeah it um yeah it, like it didn't win anything uh but it or wait a second uh no it competed for the palm dior but it yeah yeah it was a yeah. it was a loser still but uh, i mean we, we talked about this during our previous episode that uh con won't show netflix movies anymore probably because of movies like this um and because they booed when the Netflix logo came up over this movie. Um, because, wow. <laughs> because they're French assholes. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm glad Eric said it and not me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right. This is a good place to end. Like, the, like, if you had to watch one film on Netflix, just watch Ogshad's The yes. Best. Yes. If you have to watch Ogja. There are other movies that I could suggest, uh, but uh, that will be for another episode. <laughs> like, uh, Ma- Ma- I don't know if you've seen Manhunt, the new John Woo film, because it's very, a very weird action film, and it's pretty good. Hmm. I might, I might check that out. Um, I do like a lot of his early, or a lot of the early John Woo stuff is really. It feels good, like so that. That's that's what I like to hear, actually. Um, yeah, there's a but yeah, so there's a lot of stuff on Netflix. There's a lot of garbage on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be diplomatic, but yes, uh, there's a lot of, and there's just a lot of stuff that's like, that should be good, but it's not. <laughs> uh, but this one is definitely good. Spend your time on it. Uh, if you're looking for a movie, if there's TV, tweet me. <laughs> I'll give you all the TV suggestions that you need. Um, yeah, I think we're. I think this has a been a strong. Uh, three movie conversation uh, that we've had. Um, we'll I've... maybe do another one eventually. Yes. When more stuff. Maybe one uh, for Amazon also. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's. that's so yeah, um, I think we're uh, good uh, to go to plugs. Uh, yeah, uh, outside. Just follow me on Twitter at ECR where I review every film that I watch, and that's about it. Uh, A Haro and all the places, um, spacecolombo.tumblr.com. Uh, fam zone happens. <laughs> uh, uh, if you're not subscribed already, I don't know who you are. Um, but, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, if you, uh, go there, um, lots of stuff going on. We just did a Deadpool review on Friday. Um, we're going to be recording, uh, couple other reviews uh for this month a couple reviews uh for the vault uh, as it were uh so uh, g- uh pay attention to those because um, they may be coming out very soon yeah. after this episode I, I, I watched a really bad movie today to do on one of those reviews yep. so look forward to that look forward to the movie that we all agree is the worst movie that we've ever watched from one of these reviews so be there or uh don't be there i don't care it's all the same (laughs) to me but please subscribe uh so 
yeah, that's the thing. Uh, all right. Um, have a nice week, uh, people. Uh, Goodbye. Uh, fuck Roland Emmerich. <laughs> fuck Roland Emmerich. <laughs>